0: And hello, everybody. Happy May. Mayday, Mayday. Come in, come in. We have a <laughs> coronavirus on our hands. <laughs> I feel like Mayday, Mayday. <laughs> yeah, we're going down. People going down. I'm Lynn. I'm Vicki. I'm Brie. And we are, we
1: are
0: telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves.
2: I think we're going to leave it at that, right?
0: <laughs> yes, just that. And It's so and painfully awkward. It's so painfully <laughs> You're so painfully dramatic.
2: <laughs> why, well, yes, I
0: am. I was too, and I still am. So anyways, that's why we have the same language, girls. Um, <laughs> and, right. and speaking of dramatic, I was, would love to talk about First Thought Wrong this week, because I definitely have one.
2: Please, Vicky.
0: So I've been holding on to this paperwork that I need to fill out, very important paperwork that I need to fill out and send to um, a very official document. And um, it's just been sitting in my planner, kind of like in the back, needs to be taken care of, just sitting there. It's about 22 pages worth of very small writing and math and all this kind of fun stuff that I do not like. And um, it's funny because I was on the phone with one of my, uh, one of the people I talked to in the program. And we were talking about step six, which is character defects. And we were talking about how do you know when you're in a character defect? Or can you give me an example of a character defect? And I said, Oh, yeah, when I was living in Chicago, and I was bartending and making a ton of money, I used to have a box. It was a Nike box. And it was filled with all of my bills. And I would just put those right in the Nike box, the orange Nike box, and right under my bed. And I just wouldn't look at them. And I just didn't pay my bills. And I pretended like they didn't exist. And I got really bad credit. And this situation is so very similar because i just put it in the little planner and put it right in the back and and you know <laughs> i'm supposed to be working a program and doing what i'm supposed to be doing and being accountable and all this stuff and for at least 3 to 4 weeks i've just been completely avoiding it and after i was done talking to about my you know adventures and not paying bills i realized that oh snap I am fucking doing the exact same thing with this packet. Shit. So I decided I, I got off the, I was getting off the phone and I said, okay, listen, I'm going to do answer a couple of questions, just a couple. So I did that. I took the dog on a walk. I came back and guess what? I finished all the paperwork. I am so relieved. It's like a 3 million pound elephant got off of my chest. Um, And I feel so much better. And I have a lot more work to do now because there's follow-up work. Work is never done. But it is done. And it's that one thing that I was just letting just hang on me, a monkey on my back. So I did it. And I'm very happy. I'm proud of myself. You did it.
2: And you are so not alone with avoiding those very um, unpleasant tasks that we have to do. I actually have an insurance bill sitting on my table right now that I need to call about, and I don't want to. So I, just, I, I, I told myself I would do it on my day off. What did I do today? Not call.
1: Nope. I get it. What did I not do today? My taxes still. We <laughs> got an extension, so I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna milk that for every last day that we get it. Yeah,
2: yeah, with no penalty. So it's your run, huh?
1: I, Vicki, can relate so much. First thought wrong. I mean, sweep it under the rug. But second thought right was, if I sweep it under the rug, it's still going to be there tomorrow. And I don't sweep things anymore. At least I'm not allowed to sweep them for too long.
0: I only vacuum.
1: You, you only vacuum. And then you take that vacuum outside and empty it. Yeah. Dump it. Dump it. So... Yes.
2: It's exactly right, Bree. I learned in my prior life, the problems don't go away. They're very patient. They'll sit there and wait for, they'll wait a decade for you. They don't care.
0: Nope. They've got all the time in the world. They're like, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka yeah. Let get a cup of I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And um, I'm really excited because I I get to uh be esteemable today. I'm esteemable and I can I'm talking the talk of what I'm walking, or I'm walking the walk of what I'm talking. But I just want to say that is why we work with others because through working with others, I was able to identify a glaring character defect that I didn't realize that I was, that I was living in.
1: Keeping alive mm-hmm. and well. Yep. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Yeah. The, we just talked about awareness of character defects and only when we're aware can we choose to change and only when we're ready can we change.
2: Yeah, that's the action.
1: Yeah, ask her hi Do the action that needs to be done to have it removed,
2: right? Yeah. Here, here. Well, we have a great topic today. Again, it's, you know, I find what I anyway gravitate towards is what's uh, happening that's in our world right now, which is, of course, the pandemic and our uh, shelter in place. And, you know, it's dragging on, and dragging on and dragging on. And, and now it's scaring me because it looks like people are going to start lo- loosening up on it. And that scares me even more than staying home. That's an even bigger unknown to me anyway, than than the unknown of how long I would be at home. Now it's like, there's no normal anymore.
0: Well, I heard pools won't be opened. Is that like, I wonder if Six Flags will be open. What will we do over the summertime? There will be no festivals. There will be, I mean, what the what? What's life going to look like?
2: It's going to be different. So, And honestly, even if they were open, I wouldn't feel comfortable going.
0: No, no. And then you have people posting stuff about like how unsanitary masks are. And, you know, (laughs) so I just am just, uh, I can't even handle everything that I see.
2: So what do you do when you can't handle everything?
0: I don't do nothing. I just or, sit and you could, pray. Or you could ask for help. <laughs> you could ask for help. <laughs> and that is what I usually do. I have I have two people that are my go-to people when it comes to finding out the truth about like political stuff or that people that I know that research stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I value their their um, skepticism, if you will. And I think they have unbiased views. So I go to my two people and I ask them, so can you explain this to me? Because I kind of don't get it. And I am very easily swayed. I am very much a positive person. So if you tell me something positive or you tell me something negative, well, I just am an extremist. So I'll believe whatever extreme sounds better. Speaking of dramatic. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to ask those two for help.
2: Well, I looked up the definition of ask for help because you can actually do that. Bree, did I cut you off? I'm sorry. No,
1: but I, this is great. I, there is a definition for asking for well, help. there's <laughs> <is> Lynn's
2: definition. <laughs> I've manipulated, i manipulated the hell out of that. I'll just say it. Um, so I did actually, there was a definition for ask for, and I really liked it. I had to look at a couple of different sources, but it says to speak or write to someone because you want them to give you something and then it's obtained by requesting that is ask for obtained by requesting, which is what I liked. And then help is give assistance or support contribute strength. So we're going to obtain by requesting assistance or support and contribute strength. It's if you're giving help.
0: I like that contribute strength. Yeah. So, so that's why helping at- others is a, is a, it's, we're being strong for each other. I never even yeah. thought of it like that. That's beautiful.
2: Yeah. So yeah, yes, there was a definition.
0: Good job. Definition corner. Yeah, welcome. My, my name is Lynn and I, I do the definitions. <laughs> that's my feather in my cap. That is my feather.
2: And I have a, I actually have a story about what happens when you don't ask for help that happened this week. So it's height of seasonal allergies here. Finally, all the trees are budding, um, the grass is growing and I have all those allergies, the flowers, the trees, the grass, they all get me. And I've been doing pretty good. I've been changed my allergy meds to twice a day. I started doing the nose spray, you know, doing all the things. And then the other evening I got home from work and it was really beautiful outside. So I sat out on the deck for about 45 minutes and caught some vitamin D. And then the next day, my head was hurting, of course, and I was congested like usual. But then my throat started getting really sore. And you guys know when you're getting sick how that sore throat is different than other sore throats? And that's that's what it felt like.
1: (laughs) It's a post-nasal type soreness that is the most painful sore throat in the world.
2: So this was Wednesday night. I was sitting on the couch and I just kept feeling worse and worse and worse. So I took my temperature and I had about, it was, and my, my body temperature is usually like 97 point something and it was 99. So I was about two degrees over the normal. So what did I do? I started to panic. Um, I'm getting sick. I've got, the, I've got the COVID. I got the COVID. What am I going to do? So then I started, you know, racing through all the scenarios. So I sat on the couch in my head. For that whole night. And then the next morning I woke up and I felt better. You know, I took some allergy meds before I went to bed. I did, you know, a, the neti pot and some other things. Do You know what I, I pictured? Wait,
0: pause. Hold that thought. I pictured you with your head on the seat and your feet above you for the whole night trying to like <laughs> meditate it out of your body. <laughs> I did,
2: you all. I did. I did everything. I, and And the one thing that I didn't do was call anyone because if I called someone, then that was going to make it real. So I didn't want to tell anyone. I wanted to sit in it and panic. I didn't want to ask for help.
1: I can totally relate to that. Especially with emotional emotional trials or strife. Mm -hmm. I think that all the time. I'm just going to, if I sit here long enough with these thoughts to myself, I'm going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Really? I just literally drive myself mad. Yeah. Or...
2: Like the the bills and the box under the bed, it's not real. And I think that was part of it too. If I don't vocalize this to anyone else, then it's not real yet.
0: I think that's called denial. <laughs> <laughs> it, it ain't just a river in Egypt. <laughs> I,
1: I live in denial too sometimes. Like I, you know, I have a problem in my life right now that I feel like I'm in denial of. So that's very, that's a very real way to instead of asking for help, just be in denial, then you don't need any help.
2: <laughs> exactly. And, 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 people, this is not what you should do.
0: No, this is the opposite of recovery. Yeah,
2: this <laughs> is the antithesis of asking for help <laughs> is to sit in your little nasty pool of denial.
0: So, so what do we do to change that habit? What do we do to change that behavior? What are the like what are the recommendations to all of us denialers?
2: Denialers. Um, we try to find that one or two people that we trust no matter what. Like you said, Vicky, you have two people that you go to that are like your healthy skeptics. Uh, I have my sister, of course, is the, one of the first people I go to with anything. My sponsor is the other person. Um, but I didn't even do that that first night because I was too afraid to. But I think the first step is to have someone that you can always trust.
0: A go-to gal Mm -hmm. or guy, a go-to.
2: Even if it's just one person. You need one person outside your crazy that can be objective.
0: That will tell you the truth? Yeah. Or just listen?
1: Or just listen. Sometimes that's all Mm -hmm. the help you need. Sometimes.
2: It is. And I've learned um, in bettering my communication that... I have gotten better about when I go to a person, I will say, I just need to rant or I need your help with this. And I do that at the beginning so that they know. (laughs) And I did that because of my frustration. It's like, I don't need you to fix this. I just need you to listen. So at the beginning of my communication now, I always say that, "Um, can you help me with this or can you just listen?
1: Yeah, there's nothing more annoying than when you wanna just vent about something, but the other person, good intentioned or not, is like just trying to give you the advice. oh do this. Oh, I would do that. And you're like, no, I'm not ready for a solution. Yeah. I'm not there yet. <laughs> not there yet.
2: Yeah. So guys are always like that. They want to fix everything.
1: Yeah. But I like that. I like that, you know, that you're able to just talk, you know, let them know what you need beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm okay when people tell me that they just want to vent something and listen that actually takes a lot of pressure off of me. I'm like, okay, I, I don't have to save your world. Because <laughs> sometimes I feel that way, right? Like I got to fix other people's problems too. And it's like, it's not, it's not my problem to fix. It's, they might not even want my help fixing it. Right. They might just want my help in, in me being a good listener. So I like that. And I mm-hmm. like that advice of having a go-to person. And that person for me is different depending on the situation sometimes too. Absolutely. Sometimes.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the other part of it is that starting the conversation with what you need, that's a new, that is a new habit I've formed. It took me a long time to use that, that tool.
2: Yeah, I think actually, Vicki, you were probably a good example for me. And then the other example is my sister. And, and because we have had such a, a long pattern of going to our triggers instead of trying to do whatever that between you two, I think is what's helped me be better about that. And it's basically just expressing your intention at the
0: beginning, yeah, or I, I'm usually good at it when I'm upset. In normal times, I'm not as good at it. But when I'm upset, I'm usually really good at I either need this or I don't need this. I for sure don't need this. And and then, then it's a little bit easier for me to navigate. But when I'm just, sometimes I just talk to talk and it's not very good. You know, it's <laughs> like, I just talk to hear, to hear, I don't know, because I'm uncomfortable, diarrhea of the mouth, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I've been really styling that back.
1: Well, I think, yeah, that goes back to always feeling like you need to say something to help somebody when you don't, it's not always what a situation calls for. I remember there is someone in our tribe who always says that when she needs help with something or she's got an idea for something, she runs it by at least two people. She like checks it, runs it past Mm -hmm. two people to let her know whether it's a good idea or not. Um, so I think that's good. Like, if you, for example, if you're in a situation or something scary happened and you don't know what to do, you just run it by somebody first, and then they'll either confirm, "Yo, oh, yeah, that's that would be a good next right action," or "No, those are your emotions talking. That is a <laughs> reaction to something, not a carefully thought out action in response to, <laughs> you know, what you want to get done." I just think about that, too, when asking for help.
0: Um. One thing that I was thinking about just now was when you said you go to certain people for certain things, right? Well, it makes me think of when I'm in my sick behavior, sometimes I go on purpose to someone that I know is going to give me the answer that I want to hear. And I avoid the people that are going to tell me the truth too. So that's one of my pitfalls when I am, um, I mean, and that's so manipulative. And sometimes I don't even realize I'm doing it. Sometimes I'm just, oh, I know, I'll call so-and-so because they're going to be, you know, they'll, they'll be gentle with me. They won't say anything. Like, I don't even think it's a conscious thought until... I realize, oh, I didn't tell that to my sponsor yet. Or, oh, I, I wouldn't tell that to so-and-so. And, and when I'm in that is when I know I need to, to get my head screwed on straight.
1: You're so right about that.
2: Yeah. As, well, I was just thinking when you were telling it's like we learned that trick when we were kids, which parents to go to. Yeah. Or even teachers in school, you know, it's teachers that you kind of have sway with. So we learn that um, skill because it is a skill. We learn it really early,
0: that and we have danger to be, zone.
2: Yeah, so that's 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 when you have to have that good dose of self awareness and really question yourself. What are what are you trying to you know what are you trying to obtain? What do you want to to get from this? But if you're asking for help, why would you go to someone that's going to give you what you want instead of what you need?
0: Because sometimes I just want to be coddled you know, like sometimes I just want someone to co-sign on my bullshit. Uh, Not not consciously, but I I think that that is why I want, I want someone to commiserate with me. I want someone to tell me that I'm right. You know, especially if I'm in a fight with someone or something, like, especially if I'm annoyed with maybe, I don't know, other humans in my life. And Mm -hmm. I want someone to just, well, and and sometimes that is what you need. You just need to relate to someone that understands it. But if I'm specifically asking for help, I really need to be careful that I can be taught, that I am talking to a discerning person rather than a, p- a p- 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 pleaser. Yeah.
2: Um, and I uh, I think for me anyway, that goes back to, What do I need? Do I need a solution or do I just need somebody to listen, to commiserate? And again, and that comes back to self-awareness. Right. And that that inventory, doing that self-inventory.
1: Well, and I think it all comes back to fear, right? Because I'm afraid sometimes to hear the truth. Yeah.
0: Well, and afraid of judgment, like of, of someone judging me. Certain people... I know I remember, especially in my drinking days, I had this one friend who just would always either, one, have a topper to your story. So if you said something was bad, like, for example, Lynn, you talked about your your hay fever or whatever you call it, your allergies. Oh my goodness, she had allergy surgery. And she, you know, I mean, it was wah, 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 wah. Or... <laughs> Well, wow, wah, wow, wow. Um, or the the other thing is are those people that when you talk to them, they just don't even pay attention to you and don't listen to you at all.
2: Um, I think the other cool thing about this too is um if you're asking for help, isn't that a form of self-help, self-care? Yeah. Yeah, I would written that, I scribbled down a couple of notes when I was looking at definitions and that kind of came to me and it's like, wow, what a neat way to look at asking for help is that is one other way of of having self-care because you're asking for aid in something that you can't either handle alone or like you said, you need someone discerning, Vicki, that can help you get through the bullshit and see the facts
0: and be really- objective. I've really had to ask for a lot of help these days with the whole meeting thing and the the Zoom situation. I've had to ask for a lot. Well, this whole year, I've had to ask for a lot of help. But what I'm realizing about asking for help is not only does it help you when you ask for help, but it helps the other person get outside of themselves and actually help, be of service. It allows that other person to help. And that is one of the best parts about, for me as the helper. That is one of the best parts. And before, I had way too much pride to get help, and now I'm able to accept the help without feeling weak or dumb or, or inadequate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about? Say,
1: Go ahead. Wasn't say when you ask other people for help, it gives them a sense of importance. Mm-hmm. Not like that's what you would use it for, you know, <laughs> you can manipulate that too, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's people don't feel like needed, you know?
2: Oh, I always feel great when someone asks me for help or advice or yeah, anything, it, it makes me feel, um, well, it just gives you that, that warm feeling of being needed. Um, as far as asking for help, what if you're so stuck in your shit, that you can't even realize that you know that you would benefit from help. Is that going to be that trusted person maybe that can help you there? They can say, hey, it looks like you're struggling. And I, I know, Vicki, you and Bree both have been really good about that with me in the past with things that I was struggling. And sometimes I did either, A, because of fear, didn't want to face it, or didn't even realize that I needed to start working on a solution.
0: Well, it's kind of the idea of being accountable to people, to your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Which is almost why this whole time is a little bit scary because we don't see each other as much and we can talk on the phone and have this body language missing this missing link if we don't do Zoom and I think that it's just that being accountable to other humans that see you and know you and can tell are you tired are you you know they can you're right it, it is those people you need those people mm-hmm. in your life because it's not okay you, because it's so easy to fly under the radar with feelings yeah
1: And I think you only learn, really, if you're just someone who doesn't ask for help often, you only learn to ask for help by not asking and then hurting yourself or getting hurt or, you know, something bad might happen. And that pain, pain is a big motivator,
0: might force you to make a different decision the next time. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Well, what about when no one's available? What about when nobody can help? Is
1: it like a perceived, nobody can help me, or is it like a legitimate, there's nobody here who can help me?
0: Where you're picking up the phone and you're trying to get help and you're trying to get process something and nobody's there. And, you know, I mean, I think for me, so what I think with this whole concept that is so interesting is the basic things that they want us to do when we first go through recovery are muscles that I build so that I can ask for help. And that's so hard about picking up the phone. And I've been going to this one um, meeting where it's a lot of newcomers. It's mostly newcomers. Most people that haven't even been to the meetings, actual real meetings. So they don't even know what a sponsor is or what any of that stuff is. And, and the thing about it that, that I think is so valuable in getting a sponsor and in working this program that we work is the practice of asking for help. But what I was saying earlier is sometimes I just have to pray. Sometimes I just have to pray.
1: That's what I was going to say when you said, what if there is nobody? I was going to say, call God. Call God.
0: Leave a voicemail.
1: (laughs) And that's where
2: where the pause comes in too. If you pause and meditate, then that'll that'll give you some serenity. And meditation and prayer hand in hand is what's going to get those crazy thoughts to stop spiraling. And that's what I did the other night when I was freaking out about being sick. I meditated.
0: On your head. On the couch with my feet
2: up in the air. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was actually just laying on the floor.
1: (laughs) Does anyone ever ask for help, but then feel like you have to apologize? Like you apologize at the end of the call or like, well, I'm really sorry to bother with you with this. And, Oh, this is so stupid. I shouldn't even, I I, I should know the answer. You know, I do that a lot. I did that a lot with my sponsors today. I needed help with something. I actually reached out for help, guys. Last night, something happened. I reached out to her today, let her know I did need to talk over the phone when she was available. She gave me a time. I called her, and I talked to her at that time. And of course, I had to preface, I am so sorry. I'm just going through something, and I know I need help, and I need to be calling, and it's just, I don't really ever call. And she goes, no, you don't. and, but that's me thinking, I mean, it's a couple things, Stop right? It. It's me thinking, well, yeah. It, well, it's me thinking that I, I obviously n- don't ever need help and I can handle all my shit on my own, but it's also like pain is a motivator. Like I'm truly and everything in my life that's motivated me to do something, unfortunately has been pain. Um, I'm a slow mover unless someone slaps my ass you know, throws a saddle on me, slaps my ass. I'm like, Giddy up. Um,
2: Giddy up, girl.
1: Yeah. So I did. And I, I did reach out for help today and was reminded to stay in today and ask my higher power for help too. And to be okay with not having an answer. I'm like, oh, oh wait, I don't have to know everything today right now. And I'm going to be okay. But it comes back
2: to something that you said earlier, Brie, about trust and whether it's trusting a person or trusting the process or trusting the journey. If we, ha- if we truly have trust in our higher power and our path, then we are okay with not having the answer.
0: True. Well, we all don't have the answer right now. That's what's so interesting about this time is it's collectively on earth we don't have an answer of what this is going to look like. And we have to help each other. I notice that a lot of people are helping each other at least more.
2: I know. It's a beautiful thing. And it's always a shame that it takes some big calamity to bring people together. But that is what we need sometimes to understand that before all the other things, we're human beings and we do need each other. And we're, we're community animals. We need each other. We don't do well when we isolate. That's how we thrive. And maybe that's the difference between surviving and thriving too. If you ask for help, you're going to thrive instead of just survive. You can survive on your own. But what kind of quality of life is that?
0: Not to mention it's so much more fun. You know, I mean, just most of the time, whenever I'm in pain, like you're talking about, and I call someone to talk to them about it and I start talking about it, most of the time I realize how hilarious it actually is. And... Because it seems like in my head, these things are always way different than when they come out, what it really looks like. And I can laugh at myself. And that is why I need people in my life that have a sense of humor. Because if I don't have people in my life that have a sense of humor, they're really not going to like me because I have a really dark sense of humor. And it just wouldn't, we wouldn't be friends because I make fun (laughs) of some of the silliest, darkest things that. That's how I get through it.
2: That's how we get through. And how we get through is asking for help. The Beatles knew. They knew, man. 1964.
0: 1964. Help. Ooh, I get by with a little help from my friends. And I I was just Mm -hmm.
1: singing the song in my head. From one corner to another, uh uh-huh. We can rely on each other. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. What song is that again? No? Sing one
2: more. Sing one more verse.
1: We can rely. On- oh, I don't know the other words. <laughs> Those are the only words. <laughs> I'm sure someone listening will be like, "It's blah blah blah." Yeah, often. Often. on that. But um, yeah, yeah. Don't you know? It's hard. It's hard to ask for help, right? I think for me, golden nuggets, if I'll just slide right into that, then, you know, not asking for help is definitely pride. And so it does take some humility to ask for help. I think, you know, you'd be shocked even if you think you know the answer, just to ask for help anyways, and see, just to get a new perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, might, you might like their answer better, or you, you know, if, if it takes the load off of you, especially Vicky, with all the stuff you were doing with the meetings and stuff like that you know, you don't, you get, you get that gift of, um, seeing people care about you too.
0: Well, and seeing people care about themselves, right? Like with the newcomers that are helping, you get to see them thrive and feel good about themselves. And, and it, it's just so cool. And and I think for, for me, the golden nuggets are the two simple things that you talked about at the beginning, Lynn, that getting a person and starting a conversation with, this is what I need right now. Mm-hmm. And I think when I do those things, my relationships go so much smoother. When I don't and I expect people to be mind readers, it's a bunch of jumbly mess. Caca. Caca. Um, I,
2: the, the big thing that came out for me was trust. And and that's how you, when you find your people that's, that you're going to entrust with this task, it all starts with trust. And it's trusting the journey, trusting your higher power, trusting your friends, trusting your situation, all of it. And then you can ask for help.
1: Okay, can I add one more?
2: Yes, Please. I really
1: like Lynn when you said that asking for help is a is a form of self care.
2: Like, yeah, you don't
1: struggle with it alone and and drive yourself crazy or into a depression or into an anxiety panic attack. You know, that's not self care at all. That's torture. That's masochism
0: masochism i have a i have a, a thing too um i think we should all try not to apologize for asking for help anymore right yeah you
1: don't call someone and then be sorry that you called them you are not sorry you called them you need help
0: god not need you yeah. need to call them you don't know what they're going through you might they might need to hear from you right
1: yeah
2: for sure. And, and I can't even emphasize enough how important it is to reach out to people. And I've been so good about that the last couple of weeks. If I think of someone that I haven't talked to in a long time, I either send them a message on Facebook or I text them or something because I, there's a reason they're popping into my head. Either I need to talk to them or they need to hear from somebody. And I'm really following that intuition, Brie, that's, that's not self-will. It's really intuition. If I'm thinking of them that I need to reach out. And that um, has been kind of like this new thing, this new muscle that I've been working on strengthening.
0: That's awesome. I love it. Ah. I love it. Yeah. And I appreciate you guys being being truth tellers in my life. You too. Absolutely. All right. Well- All right. Well, I would like to do a little plug for my upcoming workshop series, The Four Agreements, um, where I'm going to be doing every Saturday between now and not not this week, starting the 16th and going through June 6th. I'll be doing a fabulous workshop every Saturday for four weeks, and we'll be doing each of the four agreements, and the link to learn more about that will be in show notes.
1: Okay, for anyone who's never done Four Agreements, you need to check this out. It is life-changing. And Vicki, I can only imagine with you leading it, how amazing it's going to be.
0: So oh, aren't you so, we, so sweet?
2: We, I was going to say the same thing. When we did it on the podcast last fall, it changed my life. It totally did.
1: Oh, yeah. and you can revisit, revisit Four Agreements over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, because it's always different. Life is always changing, And especially now, having that in my brain is really helpful because it's yep. very easy to get caught up in negativity for me right now.
2: Absolutely. I actually know of a few people at the top of my head. I'm going to be sure that they know about this. So yeah, definitely check out Vicki's page. What is your Facebook page again where they can uh, find the registration?
0: Well, they can just go to vickirude.com or, Awkward and awesome. I'll have the links in the show notes, so you guys will be able to get to it real easy.
2: Check it out, people. It's awesome. And uh, remember, ask for help. Ask before you think you need it. That's usually the best time to do it.
0: Yeah, ask Lynn for help. She she's bored. (laughs) She needs to help you. (laughs)
2: Please reach out to me.
0: (laughs) Reach out and touch somebody's hand. Just kidding. All right, be good. Be safe. Be well.
2: Love you. Try that out. Thank you so much for listening to Telling on Ourselves. You can please rate, review, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook or Instagram at Telling on Ourselves.